The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Slow me down, oh Lord, slow me down. Help my heart to hear your sound. Speak into my life, Lord, speak now. Slow me down, oh Lord, slow me down. my mind, oh Lord, clear my mind, bring me peace that I cannot find, take my worried thoughts, break my pride, clear my mind, oh Lord, clear my mind. My soul, oh Lord, wake my soul with this mess I may make me whole of this life. Ecclesia, we are so blessed to have you join us in worship this morning. I hope you are having a restful Lenten season so far. Please join me as I pray a blessing over our worship this morning. Jesus, please be with all of us today. 
whether we are watching from our couches, from our porches, from the car. God, I pray that your presence would be with us and we would feel you here today. I pray that you would fill us up, God, and give us a restful day and week. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray, amen.
please join me in this offering prayer as we continue our worship. In this Lenten season, we journey through the wilderness towards the cross. We walk in the path of our Savior. Christ withheld nothing, not even his own life. We seek to follow in simplicity and sacrifice, sharing generously, not only our resources, but our whole selves for the sake of our neighbors next door and around the world. With this offering, we plant hopeful seeds in the desert, trusting in the fruit that God will bring forth. Amen.
Michael Sia, this is Pastor Chris, and I got so much good news for you today. We are gathering for worship every Sunday. We're doing it outdoors, because we think being outdoors is one, it's beautiful most all the time in Houston this time of year, and it's safe. And uh, we got our kids with us, it's a shorter service, we got the Eucharist, we got worship, we got a short message, uh, you're gonna love it. Make sure that you find an opportunity to come at nine and 11, either downtown or at Westside. Even better news is that we're gonna be together for Easter Sunday. White Oak Music Hall on Easter Sunday, Ecclesia, full-on resurrection party, just like the old days. In fact, we're gonna bring back one of our old friends, Thad Cockrell. Thad's an amazing musician. He's led worship for us during Easter services and other great events in the past. Thad has blown up this year. I don't know if you've heard the story, but Jimmy Fallon walked into a hardware store and heard an amazing song. It's Thad's uh, really anthem called Swingin'. He says, if we're gonna go down, we're gonna go down swinging. I think it's a great anthem for 2021. And Fallon loved it. Um, Thad was about ready to quit doing music. I mean, he's not making money this year, like a lot of people. And, uh, and then he booked Fallon, and then he was on the Today Show. And uh, Thad is amazing, and we're gonna have a great party with him. Uh, I get to preach, we got all of our staff there. Uh, we're gonna have food. It's gonna be everything you would hope it would be to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. We have other events that are happening as well. Mitzi's gonna tell you more about what we call a sacred prayer encounter, and you're gonna to wanna to be a part of it. It's deeply spiritual, and it's a formative experience for all of us. This coming Saturday, March 13th, come join us at our downtown campus to engage with the Stations of the Cross. Last week, our team beautifully transformed the West Side venue into a gallery of art and contemplation. We are doing the same downtown, featuring Scott Erickson's Stations on Skin and our worship pastor Paul Pelk's photographs from the chapel at Villa de Mattel. This is an indoor event and Pastor Mike has even written a liturgy for entering the building, knowing that this will be the first time you enter the doors at 1100 Elder in a very long time. Safety protocols will be observed and there will also be opportunities to receive prayer from our prayer team and staff. Come and let God speak to you through art and prayer. To register for a 45 minute slot, you can go to ecclesiahouston.org slash events or through our super easy handy dandy church center app to sign up. Obviously, we're entering a new phase and season. We're not back in worship inside the building with our kids yet, but I gotta tell you, we're gonna keep listening to the physicians that are on our church board and medical professionals around here and to our volunteers and families. And we're gonna be doing what we think is safest for all of you. And it may be a few months until we're back inside the building, worshiping in similar ways to what we used to. There's gonna be a new normal, and honestly, we don't know what it is yet. So outdoor worship, outdoor Easter, sacred prayer encounters, all the things that we're doing, you're gonna to wanna to keep up with on our Church Center app. If you go to the App Store, Church Center app, you download it, it's gonna keep you informed on all things Ecclesia. Now, one of the things it won't tell you as much about, but I get to tell you about, is that our church gets to lean in with people that are hurting, and we knew 
Uh, because of the kind of church we are, because of the kind of generous people that you are, because you give in a way that allows us to do things, not just for each other, but for our city and for the world. When we saw this storm coming, we knew pipes were bursting. And that meant that people that had resources were likely going to get a plumber at some point, though many of you, it took a while. But if you didn't have resources, you were in trouble. And so we've been bringing in plumbers from all across the country, New York, Florida, you name it. We've been flying them in, they're driving in, and we're putting them up, we're taking care of them. Some of them we're paying so they can pay their bills. And you know what they're doing? They're going to homes of people in desperate need and they're caring for them. Uh, this week, there was an ABC 13 story about an 87-year-old woman in hospice that we were able to fix her pipes and repair her house. I want you to hear from this dear brother uh, that received love and care from us, from our community this week, and thank God and celebrate with me that we're in the position to be able to do this kind of work. Well, I've lived here about 72 years. In Houston, I've never experienced a weather this so severe and temperatures that low. But the, the coldest temperatures in my lifetime, uh, I think they were down to 10 degrees one morning. And then next thing I know, the pipes froze. Uh, but there was, no, there was no water, there was no uh, electricity was out for a while. Couldn't use the bathroom, couldn't do any cooking. So it was a little disturbing. A friend of mine uh, named Karina, and uh, she mentioned a church named Ecclesia, that they did uh, work, they helped people out who couldn't afford to, to pay a plumber. I asked the team from Ecclesia, I said, how much will this cost me? He said, no, that we, we do this for free. And so uh, whatever we need to do to fix your plumbing, we'll, we will do it, however long it takes. And they did. And they were here like three or four days before they, before they left. They really wanted to be sure it was fixed right. And so in, in a lot of ways, that made it easier to go through, that you didn't feel alone in a time of stress. Ecclesia, don't you love that dear brother, Bob Abram? He's a longtime Houstonian. He's a brother in need. And we're able to be the hands and feet of Christ to him and to so many others. This work is going to continue. And so as you give to support the work of our church, that's what we get to do. Send plumbers out. They get to spend three or four days helping people get back on their feet. People in Houston and all across the globe deserve clean water. You can give to our church by three different ways. You can text to 84321. You can download the Church Center app and set up your giving there, or you can go to the website, ecclesiahouston.org, and in that place, you'll find out how to automate your giving. It'll give regularly as just a part of your worship to God. We are so blessed at our church to have people that serve, people that administrate, right? Can you imagine the administration that's taken for our staff and team to screen people that needed help and to find plumbers and connect them and get them to the right place and pick them up from the airport? And you've got an amazing staff and I'm so blessed. And we also have amazing pastors that care for you, that are willing to talk to you and do a pastoral Zoom. Uh, they're willing to reach out and care for you and to continue to teach you. And I'm thrilled today as we journey through Lent that our dear brother, Sean Palmer, is going to share with us now. Hello, Ecclesia. It is great to be with you. And I don't know what your individual situation is like, what it's been like for your family, but it's just amazing to me that right now we are coming up, at least I'm coming up on a year of being at home, like working from 
from home. I don't know if that's the kind of anniversary you necessarily celebrate or, or what you do. I don't know if you, know, you throw a COVID parties or how you mark that time. But I would have never thought that it would last this long. I remember a year ago when a friend of ours in the Bay Area who worked for a Chinese company told us that we needed to make preparations for quarantine and we needed to be ready to stay at home, shelter in place for two weeks. And I thought two weeks, that's, that's insane. But we did all of the stuff and when people started calling me in March and they were canceling things in May and June, July and August, I thought, surely it won't last through the summer. But here we are, just about a year later. And I remember late this summer, um, I spoke to the incoming class, the freshman class at HBU and just walking them through all of the things that they had missed, the, senior, the end of your senior year with yearbooks and proms and all of those things, summer activities and how tragic that was. And of course, there are over the 500,000 people who we have lost. That's 500,000 mothers and fathers and daughters and sons. It's just been incredible. And this week I was talking with a friend who asked me, just to reflect on what has been a blessing or what's been good about this time. And I told him, I'm not the kind of person that when you're looking at a death list of 500,000 people who wants to you know, parade around about what's been good about that for you personally, when it's been so bad, it's been tragically bad for so many other people. But if I had to say anything, I would say that because we were all at home, that our family got to spend more time together. I've got a daughter who is a junior in high school and she's lost a lot. But one of the things that we gained as we looked down the road to her leaving and going to whatever God has in store for her next is that we did have this extra time, this time where she didn't have to get up super early in the morning and we weren't running around to track practice or volleyball practice or getting them to places. And that's been really a beautiful thing for our family. But it also makes me think about all of the things that we have missed. And for us, for our family, the key thing that I feel that we have missed is just opportunities to love and serve other people in ways that we had grown accustomed to up close, in person and personal people who we felt like needed us to demonstrate the love of God to them. And because I'm a fairly public person, our families always look for ways that we could do that covertly, where we wouldn't have to have big banners and no one would know who we were and all of those sorts of things where we could just serve people and just be a face in the crowd. And we've really missed that. And I'm mindful as we mark this year about our missing of that, but how core that is. And so Ecclesia, one of the things that we're going to experience together over the next couple of weeks is that Pastor Chris and I just want to walk you through some of the things that Jesus did and occurred to Jesus on the night that he was betrayed. And as we look forward to Easter, that we want to talk about what Jesus experienced on his way to the cross. And one of those key things, one of those key movements in the life of Jesus is service. And I guess service up close with people has always been important to me because of the kind of youth group I was in. I was in a large youth group and every week we had the same schedule. 
On Mondays, we would have a Bible study. And on Tuesdays, we'd all load up in these vans and drive to downtown Atlanta to a public housing project there. And we would basically round up all of the kids and put on a little VBS every Tuesday morning and just soak up all the hours. On Wednesday, our church hosted homeless women from around Atlanta and the ladies of the church talked with them about um, abuse issues and all the struggles they were going through. And we would host the kids and Thursdays, we would return to that same public housing area and do the same thing with the same kids. And Fridays, we'd have Bible study. This was my week to week schedule. Except in the summers when I went on short-term mission trips, and most of those were very much like what we did back home. We would work in the inner cities with people who were unhoused and under-resourced. And as much as I loved everything else that went into my church life, it was there in service to others, in loving others, that Jesus became real to me that in the activities of where I had offered myself as someone to dispense the love of God, that I actually experienced the love of God. And these mission trips that my youth group would take, we sent about 20 of those every summer. But to even be eligible to go on them, we had to commit ourselves to six or nine hours of service work before that. We had to log in all of those hours. And I have this very distinct memory of being 14 years old. One Sunday afternoon, we were working cleaning a women's shelter for women who had been abused and abandoned. And it was dark. It smelled, it stank. And there I was at 14 with the sponge in my hand and the spray bottle in the other hand cleaning snot and blood off of a wall. And I absolutely hated it. I didn't want to be there for one moment longer than I needed to be. But I also knew that in that moment, that there was something of God in that moment. There was something of Jesus in that time of service. And my own children don't know it. They might not admit it if they did. But when I look at them, they are closer to God than they think they are. When they are loving and serving other people. And I bet the same thing is true for you that you are closer to God when you are serving other people than you realize. And I don't know that because I know your story so well, and I don't know that because I have so much great insight. I know that because loving and serving other people is actually what we are designed to do as God's people, as followers of God. And when we are doing it, we are closer to God than we realize. So some of you remember, if you know the Bible really well, that God's first covenant with humankind, when God says that we're going to have this partnership, God comes to Abraham in Genesis 12 and he says, you're going to become a great nation and I'm going to save the world through you. But here's what you need to know. 
that you are blessed to be a blessing. It's foundational, it's fundamental to how I created you and who you are to be. So as we look to Easter, we remember the night that Jesus was betrayed and that of all of the things that he could do with his time with his disciples, what he chooses to do is to serve them. And you'll remember this. You remember when Jesus started his ministry in Luke 4, he doesn't come and say his ministry is going to be about touring and telling everybody about God. He doesn't say his ministry is going to be writing books. His, his ministry is not going to be about amassing power. He says that his ministry is going to be about good news to the poor and release of the captives and sight for the blind. Everything Jesus does is aimed at other people. Jesus says that, that he has come not to be served, but to serve. And if he really meant that, you would expect that the rest of his life, that he would do that with the rest of his life. And that's the exact story that the Gospels tell, that Jesus is always drawing near to people, drawing the outsider in, performing healings, bringing people wholeness and healing. And now, before he goes to the cross, he wants his disciples to know, to have a greater idea of what that actually means. So in John 13, Jesus does something remarkable. This is how John tells that story. In John 13, 1, he says, Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So, so this is just before Passover. And those of you who know the Bible really well know Jesus is headed to the cross. He's about to give his life. And it's the last time that he's going to be one-on-one -on -one with his disciples, his closest friends, before his death. And he's shown them a lot of things. He's taught them a lot of things through these last three years. But John says that right now at this moment that Jesus is committed to doing one thing, that he's loved them, but now he's going to love them to the end. And what does Jesus do? He takes off his robe, his outer garment. He wraps a towel around him and he washes the disciples' feet. This, this is a job for the lowest. And if you've, read the, if you've read the Gospels, you know that there was someone who was supposed to do this. That oftentimes when Jesus enters his house, someone is there to wash his feet. It was a custom in the ancient Near East. But no one's there to do it. And so Jesus is going to do it. It is the dirty work. Then Jesus says this to his disciples. John tells us, he says, after he washed their feet, had put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set an example for you that you should do as I have done to you. 
And this is the mic drop moment. Because Jesus says our favorite word and our least favorite word. You. Have you ever had the experience where someone points at you and you really want, you expected them to be pointing to somebody else and you start looking around like, who me? Maybe you've had this experience. Maybe you were on a team, a sports team, and the coach came in and he talked about people who uh, were out of shape and needed to lose weight or they weren't carrying their weight, they weren't doing the right thing, and you immediately thought, well, surely coach is talking about everybody else. Or maybe you've had the experience where you've read an article someplace and it's talking about how people don't apply their critical thinking to their political beliefs and you thought, man, all those other people need to read this. Or maybe you've heard that sermon and you thought, oh, you know what? So-and-so needs to read this. Let me make sure I send them the podcast. And Jesus looks around that room And he says, I have set an example for you. And he means you and me. In the Christian life, the Christian life is a life of dirty work. It's snotty walls and funky feet But even at that, it's so much more because, yeah, Matthew gets his feet washed and Andrew gets his feet washed and James and John, all the disciples, all the disciples get their feet washed, which means Peter gets his feet washed and Judas gets his feet washed. Peter, who would deny Jesus and Judas, who would betray Jesus. And service, serving others, serving and loving others is not just for people that we perceive need us. Service is for those who we perceive to be against us. And in this world, in this world of us versus them, of hyper-partisanship, in a world where so many people are just captivated by abject lies and distortions because they think it fits their worldview better than the truth? What would it mean if Jesus' followers simply loved and served others, whether we thought they were on our side or not? What if we loved and served others even when we aren't in love with their choices and their decisions? And what's absolutely beautiful about this moment when Jesus washes the disciples' feet is it's also the same night that he offers them communion. And the two go hand in hand the bread of heaven and the hands of earth. And Ecclesia, may it be so with us. May service always be 
our guide to expanding our table and expanding our circle of love and care. Because your primary call today, your primary call tomorrow and next week and next month and next year, what you are made for is to be a blessing. Let me pray for you. God, would you draw us in to active service for others everywhere we see it, with our friends and neighbors, with opportunities provided for us through our community of faith. God, that you would give us a heart to do the dirty work, even when we don't want to, even when it is inconvenient, that we would share out of the abundance that you have given us to make our world a better place and that we would share our table openly and freely with all who you invite. And we ask it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Sean. Would you all join me in a couple of deep breaths as we let God's word through Pastor Sean sink in with us? We come to the table of Jesus as we come every week to partake in the body and the blood. But before we do that, we are encouraged to examine our hearts and to confess. And so would you join me in this confession prayer? Oh God, as you search us and know us, we open ourselves to you. Grant us mercy, grant us grace. When we avoid examining the state of our own hearts, but quickly sit in judgment of our neighbors. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. When we are disciplined in the pursuit of earthly abundance, but invest little energy or enthusiasm in the treasures of the Spirit. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. When our concern lies only with our own comfort and pleasure, as we avert our eyes from the suffering, injustice, and violence inflicted upon others, be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. When we demand instant results and scorn those who find value in waiting, in yearning, even in suffering, even in dying, be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Through this Lenten journey, may we remember and receive the love and mercy that you have already displayed on the cross. Guide us through the arid desert and ever toward your resurrection life. Amen. Jesus ate with his disciples the people who knew him well. And he took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body broken for you. When you eat it, remember me. After the meal, he took a cup of wine and said, this is my blood shed for you and represents the new covenant that I have with you. When you drink it, remember me.
And so, sisters and brothers, come feast with Jesus. He is offering his body broken for you and his blood shed for you. Taste and see the forgiveness, the redemption, the love that God has for you. Amen.
Now comes the time in our gathering where we get to say a blessing over our children. So I invite you to bring your children close to you, or if they're not with you, that you would picture them in your mind, or picture your nieces, your nephews, your friends' children, any children that you love. Picture them in your minds or hold them close. I'm going to be thinking of my sweet son, Micah, as I say this blessing. God, I pray that you would give joy today and this week, that you would fill our children with excitement for life. God, I pray that you would be with them today and always. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Sisters and brothers, thank you for gathering with us today. Our benediction comes from a book that I recently got called A Rhythm of Prayer, a collection of meditations edited by Sarah Bessie. Sometimes I find that I need to be reminded of who God is and who I am. And so I've chosen an excerpt from one of Sarah Bessie's blessings as our benediction today. Join me as we pray. God, may we learn to sit with you in silence and know it is enough to know you and be known by you and know ourselves. Teach us to pray, God, as you have always welcomed us to pray, fully human, fully yours, fully held, and fully loved. We will tell you the truth of our lives and of this world, and we will listen to the truth you speak back to us, the truth of our belovedness, of your justice, of your faithfulness, of your love, and say, let it be so, let it be in me. Amen. Dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.